Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today, I had the great privilege of doing something that was not necessarily expected for Katie and I in the podcast, and that was interview my father. He is my hero. He is my number one role model here in this life. He's one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and I've got the utmost respect for this man, Joe Voberg. So today you get to hear, this is a rare thing too, before we dive in, because my dad, as you will hear, is not a front stage guy. He's not the type of guy that you will see volunteering his opinion very often. He's not going to go out of his way to have his voice heard. And yet the wealth of knowledge and wisdom that he has is abundant. And so I'm so grateful that he was willing to sit down and share some of his story with us all, with me, with you, with all of us today, and to really encourage families, to encourage husbands and fathers and wives and mothers to get into the word of God. What am I saying? I don't want to get too much into what we talked about today, but I will let you know that Joe Voberg, this man is awesome. He's got what, 26 grandchildren. He had 10 children. Seven of those children are married. They're serving the Lord in a faithful way. He was successful, still is a successful entrepreneur. He's done many things with his life, but we're going to be talking namely about shepherding the flock, shepherding your home, raising up your children to know and love and serve Jesus Christ, which is come to find out, not to come to find out. I knew it all along. It's a really important topic. So please enjoy this episode with my father, Joe Voberg. One more thing while I'm standing here, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that have left a rating and a review on iTunes. At the time of me recording this introduction, we, I think, are at 994 or 96, 94 maybe reviews, ratings and reviews on iTunes. That's like a few away from 1000. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for doing that because it takes so much time out of your busy life to go over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. And yet that's the very thing that keeps this podcast alive. It keeps it growing and it enables Katie and I to put our time into this because it's just kind of what we're doing these days to for our life is this podcast. And so we're thankful for you all and sharing it, whether that's on social media or just like I said, leaving ratings and reviews, subscribing on YouTube, whatever the thing is that you're doing, how you consume it. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being our allies in this life. Okay. Bye-bye. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. All right. Well, Daddy, I tell you what, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the listeners have heard about you for so, well, for a few years now. And you and Mommy were gracious enough to come on the podcast last year, and everybody enjoyed that episode. But there are many things that I've been wanting to talk to you about in regards to just fatherhood in general or being a, a Christian man, mm-hmm. you know, being the leader of your home. And you are not a front stage guy. You are not a grab the microphone and tell everybody your thoughts kind of guy. And so you taking the time to sit down here and share some of your story means a lot to me. And I know it's going to mean a lot to our listeners. So thank you for doing that. I'm doing it for you, Elijah. I know you are. That's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm grateful. Now, I already gave a bit of an intro as to what you've, what you, who you are, what you're currently doing And you could talk for hours and hours about various subjects in regards to fatherhood. But I just kind of want to, you know, give the listeners this 30,000 foot view as to what your life looks like right now 
from my perspective? Because from my perspective as your son, I'm looking at you and you're, what, 62? 62 yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. You've been married for 30... 40 years. We just had our 40th. 40th. Yeah, of yeah, course. Of course. What am I thinking? Yeah. I was here for that. You've been married 40 years. You've got 10... Right, you've got 10 adult children. Seven of them are married. Mm-hmm. How many grandchildren? 26 on the way. Tw- the 26th? Is Kennedy, yeah. 26 is, in, is on the way. Yeah, yeah. And all of your children have a, have a deep-rooted faith in Jesus Christ. Thank and the Lord. Yes, thank the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. And they're teaching your grandchildren the ways of the Lord. They're mm-hmm. teaching the gospel in their home. They're bringing up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So you're seeing your grandchildren be discipled by your children. Mm -hmm. And I think, boy, I want to be there. Mm -hmm. At 62 years of age, I want to be there. And that's just talking about the relationships in your life, you know, the children and your grandchildren. Of course, you've done many other things in the community. You've done many other things in business. But it's funny how you get to this age and all those things kind of pale in comparison Mm -hmm. to the, the significance of your children walking in truth mm-hmm. and bringing up their children in truth and doing so in a way that, from my perspective, is going to continue on for generations to come, Lord willing. That's the perspective that I have. And so with that kind of being the preface of where you're at, I know you're now going to tell us how all to get there, right? right. Yeah, give me five minutes and I'll get you all lined out. Yeah, but <laughs> I know that's not your style and I know it's probably impossible to do. Yeah. Um, but could we kind of back up because I think it's helpful to hear stories mm-hmm. and you just got done sharing here at the local church to some men, mm-hmm. kind of your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so could we back up maybe to like your first, first couple years of marriage, mm-hmm. first couple, couple kiddos, mm-hmm. because uh, it, it's not like you had this deep rooted vision for what you have now. The mm-hmm. Lord started kind of working on your heart. Mm-hmm. So what were those first years like as far as what you wanted out of life, what you thought you were going to be doing and how it changed? Well, I think, you know, when you, I wanted to be all in, I married the love of my life and it mattered to me. I was thrilled that mama said yes. And that started it. And, and I just wanted to do that well. You know, I didn't want to let her down. I wanted to be the man that that I, the best man I could be for her, you know, and I took my marriage vows seriously. So that's the starting point, you know. But then I still remember clearly the, the overwhelming responsibility of having a child. You remember it. Yeah, just the weight of that, the gravity of 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 what it meant to actually be responsible for a child. And so that I I took that very seriously. And so that was just the starting point, you know, you didn't have a lot to go with, but just, just that it really mattered. That's all you knew. Yeah. So, I mean, when I think of that, Joby, the oldest, you know, my older brother, your yeah. oldest child, Joby's 30. Um, he's going to be 38 this year, mm-hmm. I think, because he was born in 84. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, no, he is 38. Is he 38? He might be 39. This might be a, yeah. He, so next year he'll be. In March, he might be 39. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So you, you go back nearly 40 years mm-hmm. to that point. Mm-hmm. What were your convictions? If did you think, do you think you had convictions around being a father? Not and children? At all. I mean, I just knew, I mean, I had a good role model in my dad and my dad was a good dad to me. And he, um, and I think that that mattered a lot. And I just wanted to make sure that, um, 
I did the best I could. I had a lot of confidence because I think my dad was a confident man, but I didn't have any clarity or direction at that time. I didn't have clear to even my faith was real small. You know, I did have a Christian faith, but it was very, very small at that time. Yeah. And I think that's, what's interesting is because, you know, I, I love grandpa Leon, your father. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we named our oldest son after him and I, yeah. I, I respect him so much. And I'm so grateful for the role he's played in my life mm-hmm. and obviously, obviously in your life. But it's not like he was bringing you up no. in this nurture and admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think he had somewhat of a faith, but even in his own words, mm-hmm. he wouldn't say that he really Mm-mm. felt like he was actually saved Mm-mm. until you were raised, until mm-hmm. he was a grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not like you were continuing this legacy of deep, rich, biblical literacy mm-hmm. in your home. Mm-hmm. So how did that start? Because you start, you started a new trend. You started mm-hmm. reading the Bible to us when we were kiddos. Mm-hmm. You started mm-hmm. being a discipler intentionally, mm-hmm. even though that in particular, Grandpa Leon was an amazing man and, mm-hmm. you know, ended up being an amazing Christian mm-hmm. by the end of his, his life and serving the Lord. But that's not necessarily how you were brought up. No, in fact, you know, it's, you have to, ultimately you have to just see the sovereign hand of God. But, um, it really was a series of events. Um, Lisa and I both had a young life faith, so to speak. You know, it was very um, minimal, and so we. But we, nevertheless, we were we were Christians and wanted to do the Christian faith well. And um, but then at that time too, we were going to a. You know, I was raised with a secular worldview. I had a secular Christian worldview, you know, where you're trying to make that all work. And I think I spent my 20s, that whole decade, just scrambling, trying to reach for something more substantial than what I had, knowing that my Christian life, the Christian life, was lacking something, and I didn't know what it was. You know, we were involved in church. We, we, I, I went to the pastor a number of times just trying to find what am I missing in this because it just seemed like what I understood the Christian faith to be is to be a good person, you know, to just attend, participate in the church, be a good person, and try your best. And, um, and I was capable of that to some degree, but, but yet at the same time, it just felt like there was, there was got to be more. Wow. I mean, you think of that, if the Christian life is, you know, show up consistently to church and try your best, yeah. there's not much hope in that. No, no, really. no, there's not. And I think that that, I think that that was the journey of much of my early parenting is I really cared. It really mattered to me, but I didn't have much guidance. And um, it was just the character that mom had, the foundation that we started on, which which gave us the ability to manage those early years well. Yeah, and you were just saying, I mean, a couple hours ago, how you feel like you didn't even really take the word of God seriously. You never applied yourself to it until you were close to 30 years of age mm-hmm. and you went there. Well, and I was always, in fact, I know that um, I was encouraged in in, in my church at that time to not read the Bible by yourself because, you know, the Bible in the hands of an untrained person might be taken wrong and you can get off and all these cults, all, you know, the warnings and the cautions in my mind think, man, I need somebody who's equipped to be able to 
interpret the Bible for me. Wow. And that was my, that was kind of my understanding of the Christian faith at that time is, is that educated, trained people needed to be the ones that brought the Bible to me and taught me the Bible. Isn't wow. that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah. That that's, you yeah. know, the message that you were hearing yeah. and you were receiving that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you started applying yourself to the word, you mm-hmm. started opening the Bible mm-hmm. for yourself and not being intimidated, mm-hmm. but just saying, well, it says something. Let's see what it says. Well, you know, part of the message that I wanted to share at the men's meeting is, is it, is it was, there was a plumber, there was a carpenter, there was a painter. They were, they were people out in the world that God brought into my life that probably were the instrumental key people that really directed me to the Bible. And it was really pretty cool. It was, it was a painter when I was probably 28 years old that I just happened to be around. And I was so struck by him because he just knew the Bible and we just started talking and he was just sharing scriptures, talking about the Bible. And I just was attracted to that because I hadn't been around somebody that just was so, the Bible was just a part of his life scripture, the conversation, the talk, I knew very little, but I just was drawn to him and his, in his, I was drawn to his character and personhood, but I was all, I was just more attracted to the fact that he was Bible centered. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That, mm-hmm. And, and you're not at all taken away from the fact that you can study the Bible formally for years and not really reach the depth of its profundity. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. the simplest person oh, yeah. can get the richness of Mm-hmm. the gospel message. Well, and that's where the, the the point being is he really encouraged me just to read the Bible in faith. You know, I spent probably three or four hours with him and I took home that, no, I could read the Bible. I could read the Bible in faith and I need to read the Bible if I'm going to grow in, in the Christian walk. And so I went home and I just opened up the Bible and I started reading Matthew and I read the gospels and, f- and I just got excited just within my heart, faith started beginning to happen. And I thought, man, this is what I've been missing all, all these years. This, this is, I knew that there was something else in this Christian life. And, and it was just simply reading the Bible and trying to just start the journey of learning of God through my own personal pursuit of God through the word. And it was, it was a difference maker. That was the beginning. That's powerful. Is yeah. it is it Ephesians that said faith comes by hearing and Absolutely. hearing by the word of God? Yep, yep. And then is it in... Hebrews that said the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword mm-hmm, cutting mm-hmm. to the asunder, you know, between bone yeah, and marrow. Yeah. I think that's in, in Hebrews. And when you think of what you did, y- mm-hmm. you all you did is you you really let the word mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. do the work. Yeah, You didn't yeah. say, okay, I need to prepare myself. I need to get in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I need to be submitted mm-hmm. in some way. You just, the, the word of God itself mm-hmm. is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's sharper than any two-edged absolutely. sword. And from it comes faith. The Holy Spirit works through the word yep. to bring faith. Yeah, absolutely. And doing that is it's actually really encouraging and empowering to hear because so much of, actually not so much, all of our Christian hope is from outside ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no hope that we have as a Christian mm-hmm. comes from anything we're capable of or that we can do or that we have done. And that even goes back to the, or like to the beginning of your faith. It's like, no, it's yeah. his word, mm-hmm. it's his spirit mm-hmm. that did the work. Yep. And you can go to it with that confidence yep. of saying, boy, I don't, 
I don't really know what I'm in for here, but it's going to do a work on me. Well, and and the starting point is, is I just wanted to learn about God. You just want to, you just think, man, this Bible is thick and big, and it's supposed to be. It presents itself as the Word of God. And how much have I? T- how much time have I taken? And how much have I really invested myself into that? And and the bonus was that faith started working in my life mm. right away. You know, it just blew my mind when I read the Sermon on the Mount the first time. Wow. And that, that, that started a whole journey of a whole other process, you know, in which God working in your life. Yeah. And, and would you say that, that at that point when you actually started applying yourself to God's Word and looking mm-hmm. at it for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. opening God's Word, was your vision for family, marriage? I mean, I, I remember you hear, telling stories about how your your goals were very clear in life. You were going to have two kids. You were going mm-hmm. to have a successful career, and your mm-hmm. son was going to be the second baseman for the Mariners. Yeah, for the yeah. Seattle Mariners. Yeah, and yet you had a change of heart yeah, well, at yeah. some point in mm-hmm. there. And do you mm-hmm. feel like just being applied to the Word played a big role in that? Yeah, I think that the the it's it's the clash of two worlds. It's you know it's the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of man. It's it's like two value systems and the colliding. And it's my will versus God's will, understanding that's, that, that um, I need to just find out what does God say about all these issues, wow. you know. And, and that just knowing enough about the Bible that time, God's ways and man's ways are contrary to one another. So you recognize that and think, man, I've got, to, I've got to believe that and recognize that my ideas and my goals and my desires are going to be different than God's for me. And then, you know, that's a, that's a process to recognize that. But that right there yeah. is a, that is a game changer epiphany, mm-hmm. you know, if, oh, yeah. if, so to speak yeah. of saying, okay, what my instinctual desires are mm-hmm. going to be, mm-hmm. are going to be contrary yep. to a holy yep. God. Absolutely. And what the desires of the world are, mm-hmm. the influence, the voices that I'm mm-hmm. hearing, what they're telling me mm-hmm. I should do mm-hmm. are going to be different exactly. from God's. And so let's start by going to God's word with that perspective mm-hmm. of what he's going to tell me mm-hmm. is different from what I might want to hear, yep. what I already think I want. Yep. And then, but that's ultimately what I want is what he wants. Yep. Is, is going with that perspective. Well, and this comes back to lordship, you know, who's going to be sovereign, who's going to be the Lord, you know, am I going to be my own? master of my own destiny or am I going to submit myself to the Lord and that that process of we all should as Christians come to you know we all should be yes. dealing with that lordship issue yeah. that's right who owns me yeah that's right who's the boss yeah wow that's such a big mm-hmm. deal and so you go from you know not really ever opening your Bible mm-hmm. if anything mm-hmm. thinking that it's above you mm-hmm. you're not able to comprehend well, and even it. you know I had it but yet it was always, it was limited in my knowledge of it. And it was always, you know, just, it was the topic of the moment and it was the verse of the moment. And, I, and so it was that, it was, uh, it was very superficial. Exactly. Kind yeah. of almost taking verses out of context, yes. kind of like that yes. self-help Christianity mm-hmm. yes, of, it was. of yeah. you can do all things through Christ that strengthens mm-hmm. me. According, yeah. Like I'm going to apply that to whatever <laughs> I want, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of probably what it was yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and so you are not the type of guy that would consider yourself a, a scholarly type, Not right? At all. You weren't no. the guy that was had no. textbooks of uh, in the Greek and Mm-mm. Latin Mm-mm. and knowing the derivatives and you Mm-mm. know studying hermeneutics and all those Mm-mm. types of things. Yep. And even apart from that, it's not like you were this 
guy that loved reading in your off time. Mm. In fact, I probably, I w- I'm definitely dyslexic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. maybe apart from a couple good Tom Clancy books, you weren't the type of guy that had done all this, this I don't, reading. You know, quite honestly, I don't know that I read a, a full book in my life, you know, until I was 20, 20, in my early 20s. Wow. And it was a sports book, you know, maybe, yes. I don't know, yeah, Terry, auto, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, autobiography or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so... That's what's so powerful, mm-hmm. and that's what's so encouraging mm-hmm. for me to hear because mm-hmm. I think that I find myself, mm-hmm. when I listen to great teachers or preachers mm-hmm. or theologians, thinking, well, who am, who am I? Like, mm-hmm. how am I going mm-hmm. to be able to understand the depths yep. of God's wisdom? Yep. And of course, well, you don't have to. We can't understand the depths of God's wisdom mm-hmm. as human beings. Mm-hmm. But going to God's Word with this confidence that like what you did is, well, it's actually not according to my ability mm-hmm. or my own wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's according to what his word can do in my life yep, yep. and what his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. does in my life, yep. I think is something that every Christian should believe and mm-hmm. needs to hear because yeah. that's extremely empowering. So as go ahead, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to just say that I, in, the, in my recollection of, of my conversation with the painter is he just simply said, you know, just go in faith, pray in advance that God would speak to you in his word and just do it in faith and trust that God's going to begin doing that. And that's, I think that, that just having that childlike faith saying, God, I believe this is your word, you know, and I want to try and begin to understand it. Will you speak to me in, in my heart and in, in, in the way you want to begin your work in my life? And I think it's that simple. I think that's a childlike beginning faith, you know, which is not like you said, the greatest scholars are confounded and in awe of the word, but it could be received from babes. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's that's, what, yeah. that's the prof- that's just mm-hmm. the beauty of the gospel message yeah, yeah. of God's word. Mm-hmm. And something that encourages me is you know you're talking about nearly forty years ago mm-hmm. when this or I guess just over thirty maybe thirty five years ago when mm-hmm. this journey kind of started to know yeah. God's word. Yeah. Um, but that journey has not stopped. No, at no. all. That was the beginning. That yeah. was the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. Katie and I say time and time again, when we leave <laughs> visiting you and mommy, mm-hmm. we go, boy, I am mm-hmm. so encouraged and motivated by your continual pursuit of knowing God more. That mm-hmm. exact same thing mm-hmm. of what does God say about this? Mm-hmm. What does God mm-hmm. say about money? What does God say about marriage? What yep. does God say about children? Yep. What does God say about being in the world, but not of it, or about mm-hmm. politics? Like mm-hmm. you have not ceased going to God's word mm-hmm. and deepening your understanding of God's word. Well, and, and also admitting that I didn't have the ability by myself on my own, you know, still, and that's where the, maybe the carpenter would come in. You know, I had the, I had the painter and the carpenter, I, you know, and I just believe in God's providential hand bringing people in our lives. And that's why I want to be a providential hand of the Lord, you know, because, um, you know, an older man who was a carpenter, we, by, we, we met, you know, we sought out teaching. We sought out, we, we were, we were intentional in our pursuit of, of teaching and of godly and trying to pursue God. Yeah. Wow. That is, yeah. that's a good insight because even though God's word is so powerful and you can mm. receive it as an individual, mm. yeah. he created us yeah. to be in community and to be learning from yeah. one another. Yeah. And you've said time and time again, we were not created to be isolated. We yeah. were not created no. to live on an island. Not at all. And so it's not like, oh, I've got God's word. Mm. Well, I'm good. I'm going to mm. go isolate yeah. with my family yeah. up on the hill mm-hmm. and just live mm. our own little life mm. here. You saw 
probably from God's word, mm-hmm. the necessity well, to read, be around You read people. Proverbs, you see, in the multitude of many counselors found wisdom. And if I'm going to sit at home by myself, you know, I'm going to be limited on my understanding of the scripture and limited in my understanding of a God. Wow. And when did having a lot of kids kind of start entering your brain? Because going from wanting just two kiddos to having 10 seems like, unless that was kind of an accident. I mean, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. But, you know, I think probably because even, I mean, mom said she wanted a large family and and we, of course, didn't know what that meant. But but even... God's ways are not man's ways. No, they're not. Like you said, no. you didn't sit back and do the math, huh? You no, didn't, I didn't say how much is this going to cost? Mm-hmm. How responsible? How responsible yeah. does this look in the in the world's mm-hmm. eyes? How are we, is this feasible? Mm-hmm. You tr- you trust the Lord. Yep. Yep. Wow. And boy, am I grateful for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hope you you're grateful think, too. Yeah, <laughs> just think. Absolutely, I am. Yeah. You know, you think about that. Anywhere along the line, if we would have said no, six, five is four. You know, maybe yes. seven. And just what that might mean. Yeah. Well, that's just a different way to look at values Mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. What is your value system? Is it being shaped by God's word? And would you, what, how many of hundreds of thousands of dollars more would you have had Mm -hmm. with less children? Mm -hmm. How how much more money would it take Mm -hmm. for less children to be more worth it to Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. You know, and you can't put a price on it. Yeah. And and when your value system is aligned with God's, Mm -hmm. then your life is probably going to look different from the value system that is aligned by the world. Very, hopefully very different. Yes. Not just a little different too. Yes. You know, and that's the, that's, I think always, I think social pressure, peer pressure, human reasoning are all just obstacles and they're just big barriers to our faith. Wow. You know, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the fact right there. You you just look at the word and you just got to believe the word, you know, and, and, um, and that's God's blessed it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It is his blessing for sure. So but that's one aspect. It's, you know, it's one thing to have kids. Yes. You know, there, there are, I've watched a lot of big families not do it well once they had the kids. They got the numbers part of it down, and then they failed maybe in the following up, you know, of it. So, Yeah, it's not like just, okay, have as many kids mm-hmm. and then see what happens after that. Right. Yeah, we were we were faithful in that. You know, the womb was open and the room's full, but now what? You yeah, know? but then you're a bum husband, you <laughs> know, right. or you're not a good provider, yep, yep. or you're not shepherding mm-hmm. the flock, mm-hmm. you're not discipling your children. Yep. It's got to be the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just as a life of faith is. It's, yep. not, it's a life it of is. faith. Yeah. It's not a moment of faith. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, even though we're saved by that believing in mm-hmm. Christ, we're saved. Walking out this Christian life is believing every single day. Absolutely. We use the term believer, yep. you know, for who mm-hmm. we are. We're believers mm-hmm. in the finished work of Christ. And you just wake up and you believe. Yeah. And then you act accordingly. Yeah. Well, wow, that's powerful. So when you look at kind of the younger men, because this is something that's really inspired me in your life is that you've had success in business. You've, you know, raised your children. And a lot of times this is when people, they, they start looking for the condo in Palm Springs Mm -hmm. or in Florida. Mm -hmm. And they, and they start working on getting their handicap down on their golf game. And yet you're putting your efforts elsewhere. You're putting your energies elsewhere. It's not to say that you get around, you don't get around a golf in here Mm -hmm. and there um, when you get a chance. But you, you are more intentional than ever, than, than ever, I should say, in building into people. And you're doing it in a new way because you poured into your children and you made that the main thing for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And your children are raised now mm-hmm. 
but yet you're continuing to pour into not just me, into my brothers, into my sisters, my brother-in-laws, mm-hmm. but to this local community. And what is it that you just feel you want to kind of communicate in general? You're, you're seeing men that were in a similar season of life that you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 32 now. I've got four kids. You were there. Mm-hmm. You know, you were at probably a very similar stage as I was. And so when you look back, what do you think? And boy, you know what I, you know what I wish I would have heard? Is there that thing that you're, when you look back, you're like, I wish I would have heard this, or I wish I would have been told this or guided in this way. Like if you mean speaking to the young person. Yeah, exactly. Like what would you say? What, what's the thing you want to say well, to us? Well, you know, I just, you just need to be a student of the word and just believe it and try and align your life as best as possible with what the word says, you know, and, and, and just some of the basics, just trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And then he's going to direct your path, right? And and I think that, that the fact is, is, is this whole a culture and everything is going against you. And you need to recognize there's a, there is a spiritual warfare going on. And we just need to be vigilant. We need to be focused. We need to be to have that single-mindedness, eternal-mindedness. You know, where, you know, you, you talk about... 40 years from now, you know, what about another 40 years? You know, I'm long gone, you know, where am I going to be? Am I going to be with the Lord? You know, and and if I'm with the Lord, I want to make sure you're with the Lord. Yeah. And I want to make sure your grandkids are with the Lord because that's what really matters. Yes. You know, it's not this, it's not the 70 years that we're here on earth. We need to have that eternal perspective and we need to have that clarity all the time and not get swept up in. And we know the scripture talks about it. You know, the cares of this life, the pursuit of riches are an enemy to the faith. Wow. You know, so, so what is it that are we, are, are we, are, is it the pursuit of riches that are occupying our time? Well, that's going to, it's going to come at the expense of our faith. Are, you know, the, the cares of this life, are those things that are occupying ourselves? Well, it's going to be, it's going to come at a cost. Wow. So yeah, the scripture speaks clear to it, doesn't it? It does. It, it's, that's all we just have to the scripture speaks to it. And so we need to be on guard and read it and, and receive it. Wow. You know, I, that word vigilant, I think you said, you know, we need to be vigilant. Yeah. And I think of that, especially as a young father in, I mean, this goes for any Christian, but we are given uh, it, having the, a sentiment that is one of vigilance mm-hmm. is nice, mm-hmm. but we're actually given practical application for what to do with that vigilance. And mm-hmm. like you said, just be vigilant in God's word. Amen. Just yeah. know, know God, spend hours there. Mm-hmm. And like you just said, when you are consumed with career or finances or mm-hmm. anything, like you said, the cares of this world mm-hmm. really has how the word of God sums it up mm-hmm. that are necessities. But if you're not looking at those through the lens of God's word, mm-hmm. then you're looking at it through in a way that's opposed mm-hmm. to God's word. And that's yep. going to be in alignment more with the world yep. than God's word. And there are only so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. And so we should be extremely stingy Mm -hmm. on our willingness to put those hours into things that are not of God's word. You know, like you think about where, how do you want to liberally spend your time in God's word, discipling your children, pouring into growing your faith. I think that's just like the most important thing we have is the faith. It's more precious than anything we could ever get here on earth. Well, let's, let's invest into that. Mm-hmm. Let's reap a reward on that. Yep. And there, there is a practical, very practical thing to do. Just read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Know the Bible more yeah. and more. Yep. Mm. Yep. No, you're right. And it's, I mean, along the way, obviously we need to, <laughs> we need to assess ourselves to see where our weaknesses are, where our strengths are. And, 
you know, because you could simply say, I'm just going to stay at home and read the Bible, which I've, I, I've known people that do that at the expense of provision, at the expense of maybe being responsible in other areas of life. And so, so that's where having the full having the full word. I mean, the word tells us that we need to provide for our own. The word tells us that we're to work with our hands and provide. Well, again, not to just, you know, lodge your praises, but that is something that has been unique. You know, they, you didn't become, I think there's, you know, there's a term for, for people that just, you know, stay at, stay home with their Bible. They call it a biblicist, right? You know, people call them a biblicist. You say, all I need is the word of God. Yeah. yeah. Saying, well, yeah, but if you actually look at the Word of God, it tells us to do specific That's things. Exactly right. You, so you yeah. say, I just need the Word of God. Well, the Word of God says you need community. The mm-hmm. Word of God says you need yep. to be a part of a church. Yep. The Word of God says you need to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. The Word of God... And so if that's all you need, that's sure the word of God is good. Mm. It really is. But mm. let's take in, in addition to that, not only do you apply what the word of God says, you are also, and this is what you've done. And I think what we should all do is you're eager to hear different teachings on Absolutely. God's word. Yeah. You're not just relying yeah. on your own intuition mm. and your mm. own insight into mm. God's word. Yeah. You're, the, the word of God is clear that we are part of a body mm-hmm. and there are people that are going to have different mm-hmm. insights even yeah. into God's word than us. Mm-hmm. And so you've put yourself around those people, mm-hmm. whether they're theologians, different mm-hmm. pastors mm-hmm. and teachers, and you yep. continue to do that. Yep. To this day, you're constantly listening and learning mm-hmm. and reading mm-hmm. from other theologians yep. and and teachers and, and pastors. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, it's actually kind of impossible to say that you're reading God's word and applying it. If all you're doing is just reading God's word at home. Right. That's just that those two don't go hand yeah. in hand. Just, I mean, James speaks to that, you know, don't just merely listen to the word, you know, we've got an obligation to do what it says. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no doubt about it. And that's, that's the cool thing about, I think going back to the whole idea of a family and starting there, you know, that we have clear guidance yes. in how we are to be as husbands. We have clear guidance on how we are to be as fathers. And that that environment is the beginning. It's, it's a great starting point. I think it's, it's God's providential design. You know, you start right there in your home. You, you be faithful in that, training your children, teach them in the morning, in the afternoon as they lay down. You love your wife as Christ loved the church. You, and you wash her in the word. And you do that for 20, 30 years. You, you know, you've got some pretty good fruit and pretty good growth in your own life. Wow. Isn't that the case? Yeah. And then and be faithful in that. And and then it's going to produce fruit. And, and, and then maybe, you know, then you look at the next season of life and say, who is faithful in, in little, be put in charge of much. And so I think that if you don't manage your own home well, if you don't, or if you aren't faithful there, what do you have to offer 30, 40 years down the road? Wow. That right there. I mean, that. And you you see that you you see a lot of Christians that have have looked over the top of their heads of their kids out into a needy world out there. You know, a lot of everywhere you look, there's there's if you care at all, you're going to see needs out there. But you do it at the expense of your kids, and so therefore, and that diminishes the impact you're able to have. Absolutely, yeah. You've you've just you've you failed in the thing that we're our primary, I think our primary responsibility before the Lord. I think when we go, when we stand before the Lord, I think he starts in the home and he goes out from there, Wow! you know, and, um, he's not going to ask us whether or not what we did with that homeless guy 20 years ago when we didn't, 
you know, give him a, a dollar, but he's going to start with the with the wife that we've spent 40 years with and the kids that we raised and the grandkids that we've wow. had. So that's that's my way of thinking. Yes, that's, that's the thing that's right before you. Mm-hmm. And I will say the impact that you've had beyond your family in this community is tremendous because I think you made your family a priority. Mm-hmm. It's not you were not and isolated on a hill, just focused on your family. I've been called selfish by more than one person. Yes, you know, for just being so focused on my family, and um, <laughs> there might be some truth to it. There might not be. I don't know, but I don't have any regrets on being overly centered. You know, on being faithful with you guys and with mom first and foremost. Wow. Ain't and being that, having that single focus. Amen. Yeah. Because you're right. Everybody that has their agenda, their mm. mission, would have loved your input, your time, mm. taking from, hey, come speak mm-hmm. here. Hey, come be a part of here. Volunteer your time here. Pour in this. Well, get your I, kids in this. I don't even know that that's the case because I don't, I think probably your average, <laughs> your average person out there didn't really look at me with much to offer at that time. I've just got my head down, you know, working and providing and and being a dad and a husband. And I wasn't, I didn't stand out in any way. You know what I mean? At that time, there were no demands on my life because, because I didn't, I just was focused on you and the, and the rest of the world just looked at me as just some odd guy living on a hill with a bunch of kids, hmm. you know? So I, th- I think that that's the thing is, is it doesn't, good fruit takes a while to bear out. Amen. Amen. You know, like those zucchinis grow really quick. Sure. Nobody likes them. That's not good fruit. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. (laughs) You want stuff that takes a long time. Yes, that's exactly right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, that's the perspective I want to have is you look at that window of time, say you say it's 20 years, 25, however many years where Mm -hmm. you're, it's not that you're shut down to anything else mm-hmm. outside of that, but that is clearly where your priority mm, is. Absolutely. I, and, and I, I didn't really t- take a lot of time to try and be too concerned about the things that were going on in the world. Quite honestly, I just want to be faithful with what God had given me. Yes. So, I mean, the world was, the world was, the world's always just going to be a mess. It was a mess 40 years ago. It's a mess now. Yep. So, well, you, you tell me this is the time to keep your world really small. Yeah, you said you should absolutely. have a small world right now. Absolutely. You know, your yeah. wife and your kids, and that's mm-hmm. when you're going to have the greatest impact. Yeah. yeah. And, and now, you know, my, and I think that that, again, goes back to you need to be faithful with what God's given us, you know, because if, you, if, I, if, I'm, if I don't, if I haven't been faithful in, in what God give, has given me first and foremost, I don't have an opportunity, I don't have a voice to be able to much to share, you know, at this season in my life. Yes. So that's exactly right. Because like you said, 20 years ago, you, the request for you coming and speaking were probably non-existent. They weren't saying who, Joe, who, what, who's this guy. And now I was just, just, you're being faithful to the thing that you, the Lord had on your plate then. Yeah. And here you are in the season of life Mm -hmm. and your children are raised Mm -hmm. and your businesses are doing great. And, People are saying, well, hey, what, what's the trick? What's mm-hmm. the secret? Come speak. And, mm-hmm. and you're saying, well, uh, in a lot of ways, the trick is that you don't hear. You're not going to you didn't hear from me for 30 years. That's, that's right. the trick. That's right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's something that honestly I think about a lot because I'm mm-hmm. I'm in this season of life and I'm and I'm go, boy, 
when I look at your life, when I look at men that I respect, men who I truly respect, that it was head down, mm-hmm. focused on the family, mm-hmm. and having that being the true priority mm-hmm. in their life mm-hmm. for a solid chunk of time. You know, well, that I, was it. When people people want us to spend our youth, I want me to spend my youth mm-hmm. advancing in career, mm-hmm. advancing in notoriety, mm-hmm. advancing in fame, advancing mm-hmm. in finance, my mm-hmm. net worth. Mm-hmm. And you chose to put your youth into building into your family. Well, again, I mean, I remember reading, I believe it's Titus, make it your aim to live a quiet, peaceable life, working with your hands. And, um, and that resonated with me because if you're, if you're out there trying to impact the community, it's going to be, you can't have it. You can't have both. You know, you can't be out there trying to make a difference for the Lord in the community while you're again, looking over the heads of your kids. Wow. And you know, it's easy. I think that the mistake that a lot of Christians, I think a lot of Christian, the messaging is, well, my kids are fine. They've, they're loved. They're, they've got a good roof over their head. They're being provided for. They don't have any needs, you know, so I'm just going to, but their needs out there, you know, right. so, and I think that that's a big mistake. Yes. You're not actually discipling warriors to no. go out and to be strong warriors for the Lord. And right. To, and to do the same thing, raise up a godly generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, we've talked about this, you and I have, but like, you know, if you, if you hear about a sermon series titled, you know, becoming radical for Christ mm-hmm. or, you know, s- surrendered to Christ mm-hmm. or all out for Christ, odds are you're not going to hear about that looking like living a quiet life with your family, discipling yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. The way that that's portrayed mm-hmm. is you're out starting a nonprofit mm-hmm. that's going to get food and mm-hmm. water yep. to millions of people, yep. or you're going to be in the inner city working at the soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. And and those are great things, are they not? Mm, those yeah, are great things sure. to do. Yeah. But a radical, sold-out life as a father mm. looks like your children are coming first. You know, and that goes back to one of the early messages and early lessons that I learned. And I remember it, the, the story of Moses. And um, I believe Moses had it put up on his heart at a young age, at a young, zealous age, when he was being raised he it was enjoying all of the privilege and luxury of being under Pharaoh's um, yeah reign or rule yeah, yeah. right yeah and um, he he had a good soft easy comfortable life but yet God put it up on his heart when he saw the mistreatment of his people and but yet he went out and he acted in his own flesh you know he he got ahead of God and he went out there and killed the Egyptians and then fled for his life. But what was Moses doing at 40 years for 40 years before he was ready? You know, he went and he got married and he lived a quiet life, taking care of a bunch of sheep out in the desert and until God finally says, okay, now, you know, now you're ready to be used. He, he needed to learn the meekness and the preparation to be used of God. And I, and I think oftentimes that people that that God puts things upon their heart, but they just, they, they, they act ahead of God. I just think that that's human. You know, we see immediate needs and God sees this big, vast, eternal world. And, and we, we just get out ahead of God so much. I think so much of the time. Wow. 
yes, yeah, our impatience, mm-hmm. our timeline. Yeah, yeah, and that whether well, and a lot of times it's good, you know, it's it's good zealous godly zeal, but but yet if it's not done in God's time, I think a lot of young people are guilty of that. A lot of young families, good-hearted families, good-hearted people, and and it ends up being at the expense of their kids, and that's why we're. I think that's why we're a mess that we yes. are now. We're not getting that generational faith. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. We're failing with the, the first and foremost mm-hmm. priority. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> well, we got Christmas dinner coming up here, Daddy. We in an do. Hour, so yeah, and I know this yeah. has been good. Yeah. It has, and I'm, I'm really proud of you too. You know, yeah. you sing my praises, and I'm going to sing yours too. Is I'm re- I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the the focus and the commitment you have to the Lord. And I'm focused. And I'm proud of you that you you know that you that you're getting more and more focused on your your kids, and you're taking these things. And you're seeing the value in them, and you want to be faithful in, in that as well. And but you also want to be an effective message, an effective messenger to try and encourage other people because. It was really through the encouragement of so many other people that really helped carry me along. You know, it wasn't, it was, it was just, it was, it was just people, other Christians, other valued Christians that were trying to live and be faithful in what God's given them. And I see you doing that too. Mm, So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I never want the vision for helping other families get in the way of me. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking care of my own family first and foremost. Absolutely. You know, but pouring but, into but along the way, we need each other still, yes. the fellowship and the encouragement of each other. And, and that's what you're do, trying to do here. And I think it's really valuable. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You bet. Cool. Well, thanks, Daddy. We'll, uh, hopefully we'll get a part two someday. Sounds like a plan. Yes, when I, when I talk you into it again. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks.